Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Welcome to episode number 15 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. My name's Sean Basto. Today, my guest on the show is Lee Grenada Carter. Lee, how are you doing? Good, thank you, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. It's great to have you on. Uh, obviously, it's um, it's been a while since I've caught up with you. The last time I've seen you uh, was uh, Victoria Warehouse for one of the shows uh, backstage. I think it was September time, the last time I actually seen you. Is that the one where I was knocked out? No, 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 no. It was, uh, he, was, he wasn't fighting on that show. It was the one... Um, I can't remember who was on, Ben Sheedy, McCarley, McGowan. Yeah, 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 it was that one. Yeah, it was that particular, that was the last time I seen you. Um, obviously, you, you had your big fight on the MEN, uh, at the MEN on the, on the Fury undercard, uh, which was obviously a great experience for you, which we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, but we're also going to talk a little bit about where you've come from, because a lot of people on social media probably already... You know, know a little bit about you, but not everything, and it's, it's a good opportunity really to tell your story uh, yeah. about where you've come from, where you're going, and, and then obviously the future fight which is coming up, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, so, Lee, pass it over to you. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know obviously you've got a bit of uh, regimental history, but I, re- I don't really know the full ins and outs. Yeah, well, I joined the army at 16, um, joined the Grenadier Guards. I didn't box till I was. I think it was 18, 19, and start boxing. No, put a pair of gloves on. And um, <laughs> easy way to say it is, I was always in trouble in the regiment for fighting. And a certain regimental sergeant major at the time got a grip of me and said, you, you, "You're going to the boxing tryout." So I did that, and then I enjoyed it. It was refreshing to, to do something like that, and. Since then, I've not looked back then, but I had a 10-year break after I come out of the army, and then 
But I was ABA, a lot of people think I was just come from white collar, may have not. I was ABA first. Right. I, I fought for my regiment and, and, and for the armed forces. So I come from that and then I didn't do nothing for 10 years apart from weights, trying to get a beach butter. That never happened. <laughs> and then I did five, unli- they went on white collar, they were unlicensed to yeah. gloves, no head guards, which stupid really. Um, and I found that too easy, so I took the step up with the advice of John Warren. So going back to obviously when you was in the Grenadiers, um, you was getting into a lot of fights, and uh, <laughs> what were the reasons for that? Was it just general? Uh, it was called a social hand grenade. A social hand grenade. Explain. A drama merchant. <laughs> Is there anything that's changed there? Because I, I don't actually. Yeah, see I don't go out drinking with Gareth Rustagini no more, <laughs> <laughs> or Gary Casbert. <laughs> they were all to blame you see it was nothing to do with me yeah well that's that's what a lot of people say but yeah anyway so you got into the boxing obviously you did the, the ABA through um, the regiment through the regiment which is great so you have actually got that experience through there as well and um, like you say there's probably some people that know that and maybe some people that don't know that so it's good to be able to hear that you've actually done that because when I heard about you when people were telling me about you um, you was just known in my eyes, as a, as a white collar slash unlicensed fighter, and that's all I knew about you. So when you was just explaining then that I knew you had the regimental background, but I never knew you actually did any boxing uh, within the within the forces either. So you know, it's, it's a refreshing to hear that. I had, I had over thirty fights, right? And then I've never had a single white collar fight. Not once have I had a single white collar fight. What would you determine as the difference between white collar and unlicensed? Sixty ounce gloves, head guards, and fighting someone that's never fought before. I was fighting with no head guards, 10 ounce gloves against people that have fought before, former ABA kids themselves, who have not took the step up and just rather went on the unlicensed scene because there was money on, there was money there, do you know what I mean? If you do tickets and all that. And I did, I think it was doing four or 500 tickets a show, mate. Pretty good, that. It's pretty good, really, for, for for that level as well, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, because um, lot of, I had the, I did the podcast last week, which was with the Snowflake Promotions guys, and they're a, a sort of bona fide white collar uh, shows that they do, and you know they, they obviously get the guys that come on the show. Some of them have fought before, some of them haven't, but they, you know, the, the, the tickets they sort of tend to sell is to family and friends and yeah. nobody else really. Um, unless you've got the wider sort of audience who are interested in the white collar scene but to be selling that many tickets is uh, quite a lot it's different for me I think it's not a case of I feel, I feel for some of these boxers I mean, some of them are quite really talented lads and because they just live in a gym all day long they, they can't get out there to do the tickets and I, I genuinely feel for them with me it's I was in the army first and then in the pubs <laughs> so, so everybody knew you then didn't they basically yeah, is what you're saying I, I've got a wide base of mates no such thing as fans at this level you, the mates are there yeah yeah no this, uh, it's good no it's good and obviously now um, the first time like again part of the first time of me hearing of you was uh, when I rang John Murray and John was the first uh, trainer that I got in contact with to come and see the fighters in the gym and, and what he said to me on the phone was yeah I've got this heavyweight and um He's, he's, he's not won a fight yet he's lost two but he's, he's looking to go he's looking to really go into it now and looking to to make that the, the big time and, and and that was you yeah. and um, obviously you know you got your, uh, your your first professional win um, back in August last year which was uh, was great but you got your nose broken 
as well in the fight, which uh, was it quite early on as well, wasn't it? Um, in that particular fight, I think it was the second or third round. Yeah, I've never seen the gloves that small in my life. <laughs> when they handed them over, I thought, "Yeah, these are all right." These, and then Gary Booth went, "Don't forget, he's wearing them as well." I thought, "Oh shit!" <laughs> um, going back to that, obviously, event. You know, you'd had um, you'd had two professional losses out of two, so it wasn't the best starters for you uh, in the professional game. But then you get that call that says, "Well, we're looking at putting you on the Huey Fury um, Parker undercard." Which you know was a was a big event because obviously you fear is from around the area. Yeah, it was more shock to me than it was to anyone else. But I can imagine. But I owe a big thank you to Steve Wood and Steve Finesse for that. Really, they made that happen. So, and I won't want to turn it down. Absolutely not. It's a, it was a massive platform to be on because obviously they had the uh, uh, the controversial YouTube pay per view. Um, so it was being bought by people essentially around the world to watch the fight. Yeah. So you, you had the opportunity, and you was you know you, you was on quite early. I think it was about five o'clock, quarter past five, or something well, like I've that. Got, I got there at twenty past four. I was t- I was told I'd be on about half six. I got there, and it's about twenty five to five. They went, you need to get ready. You're on at five to five. <laughs> so it was a case of just bit a bit of links deodorant. Wham, off I went. <laughs> Um, and obviously, we talked. I talked a little bit earlier about speaking to John Murray, and obviously, John was your trainer for the first two fights, and now you're with Gary Booth. Um, so, before we continue on with the, the story of the Fury on the card, tell me a little bit about the, the switch over. Um, you know, you, you was with John Murray for a certain length of time, you mates with John, yeah. uh, then you made that move over, and, and, and obviously, to Gary Booth at Salford City Boxing Academy. Uh, what made you make that decision? It was mutual thing. I, me, me and John had a chat with each other. We're still really good friends today, and it was more of a case. I think we were too good of friends to be that relationship between boxer and trainer. Yeah. Well, I think we passed that years ago. We, we was genuinely we'd go out together. Do you know what I mean? We we still do now, and I just think John advised me. I and I knew, and I think it's the best. It's been the best thing for me since then. So do you think the fact that you were mates uh, more so than you were, you know, boxer and trainer, yeah, had, a, had a bit of an issue in terms of the level of discipline, you know, between you? Because obviously, when you've got someone as your trainer, they're, they're the disciplinarian, they're the one that uh, are putting you in, to, you know, to get your backside into shape, basically, ready for the fights. So obviously, we having someone like John, do you, do you think that was the negative side of it was, the fact that you were too good of mates? It so, was from my point of view. I mean, to be fair, I think I let John down a little bit, because... I, I didn't give him me all, if it was if I can be completely honest with you. Um, and I just think I needed that change where I, I was out of my comfort zone where I didn't know me. I didn't know Gary Booth that well, and Stephen S put me on to Gary. And from there, I mean, we've hit it off like an awesome fire. To be fair. And then every day with him, he's one funny bloke in. You look like you have a lot of fun, because obviously I've seen a few of the interviews that um, Aki Karim and British boxers have done, and you know each time I get the opportunity to watch him, you know, it's funny, it's, it's a good laugh, and it's, 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 it's one of the part of the reason why, you know, you get like 50,000 views on your, uh, your IFL interview that you've done, because people enjoy the honesty that you bring, and, you know, there's people, there's people in boxing that will talk, 
a lot of stuff, but... What, like every single boxer says they're going to be a world champion? Yeah, well, yeah, this is it. <laughs> there's, there's, there's people that tell that, you know, there's a few select people that will just say it as it is, whereas obviously there's some that will just sell it and sell it and sell it as much as they can, which I understand they're doing it for a reason. They're doing it to promote themselves, yeah. to get themselves out there. There's, you know, there's a few names that we could easily talk about on the podcast that I do that and don't always do it and end up in the right situation. O'Hara Davis mentioning names. Um... But obviously people enjoy the truth of it and, and they find it funny. And like I say, you've hit it off with Gary and you seem to be all having a, a bit of a, a good laugh down there. But on the same sense, he's, he's, he's keeping you disciplined and he's keeping oh, you right, in shape. Yeah, he's, he, he's hammered us today. Absolutely hammered us. That, that session today reminded me of being back in the army. Honest to God, it, it was brutal. But... Like we were saying before, with this being realistic, I'm at a different stage of my life. I'm not 21. Yeah. I, I, I'm realistic, do you know what I mean? These young lads probably think they're going to be world champions. So I'm not right, they solely say it. I, I, I know what I am. I'm, having a, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. You said that to me before, actually, last time I seen you. You said, you know, I'm enjoying myself. I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm enjoying it. And and you can't really you can't really argue with that because at the end of the day, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it for the wrong reasons. You're in it because you enjoy doing what you're doing. Yeah, why not? And... Why stay at the level that I was? I mean, them unlicensed fighters I mean, I didn't go past a round in any of them. So what's the point in that? Not testing myself, am I? So I turned pro. It's gone fantastic. <laughs> well, we've talked about it a little bit earlier on. Yeah, a bit of a bad start. You've picked up a victory, which was on that uh, particular show, the Fury Parker undercard. Yeah. Um, what was the event like for you? you know the whole build up and be doing the media workout because I was there uh, for the media workout and the print works and it must have been a different experience for you. For me, it was yeah because you're surrounded by you're surrounded by top top class boxers and you, to be honest with you, I felt a bit out of place if I'm honest. Like you're watching Huey Fury and Joe Murray, Lyndon Arthur all warming up on the pods and you think I'm in there in a minute. <laughs> so it was a bit surreal for most. I'm used to fighting it other regiments you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and obviously like you say the, the, the unlicensed scene as well and the, the sort of small the really small shows that you do for unlicensed scene you know so from going from that to going where, where you were last August it must have been a massive jump for sure fighting at Awood Civic Centre against someone from a workingman's club to going on a world title undercard at the Emmy and Arena I've, I've enjoyed it <laughs> so much to tell the grandkids I suppose absolutely absolutely and um the, 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 obviously you've got your next uh, fight which we'll, we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on but yeah. you've just said there you're realistic about the situation you're realistic about you know what what you are uh, you know and who you are as a fighter um, but what are your ambitions you know what what do you expect to gain out of to carry on enjoying myself the second I don't enjoy myself I'll stop doing it but I've got to be realistic at the age I am I mean 35 now 36 this year at the end of the year by the way so I'm going to sell this year goals and then I'll evaluate then but I'm only going to do it as long as I enjoy it the second I stop enjoying it I'm going to stop and uh, the interview you had with IFL funnily enough I was just talking about before we went on the uh, on the air for the podcast and the, the funny part for that interview was the fact that you got the call to fight Daniel Dubai who's an absolute monster um, if, if someone ever rings you up a promoter and says look We've seen you. We like the look of you. We think you know. We think you'd be a good opponent to fight someone like Daniel Dubois or maybe Nathan Gorman or someone in the heavyweight scene at the moment who's sort of breaking through now and becoming more of a household name. Would you take the fight? Honestly, 
Well, no, if you let's be honest, it's all about money, innit? Absolutely. It depends on the money. But I'm not being a body bag for nobody. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not what I'm after. I'm quite happy staying on these small shows, mate. I enjoy them. You know, your, your Victoria Warehouse is like, no, I've just signed for Empire Promotion. And obviously, I've just been switched over from Steve Watts to Gary Booth now as my manager. So everything's under one roof now. I mean, Jay Anderson and Gary Booth run Empire Promotions. I've just signed with them. And I'm looking forward to it. It's it's where I want to be. But that fight at the end, you get bounced from pillar to post. You got to be. You got to do this. You got to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed it. I wouldn't want to do it again. Probably not. It, well, even if someone you know, like you said, money is a big thing in boxing, and obviously at your age, yeah. If someone turns around and says, "Right, Lee, you know, we want, we're going to offer you, you know, good for you, a couple of hundred thousand pounds," I might be shooting in the dark there a little bit, but I'm being realistic and saying, "What if someone comes along and says, right, Lee, we want you to fight uh, such and such a body, maybe someone like Daniel Debray or someone else on there who we've seen, yeah, fight anyone." For <laughs> <laughs> but. No one's gonna come to me enough for hundred grand. I, I probably do. It, I probably do. It, I don't know if it's ten grand, but that wasn't on the, the offer. But to be fair, it was his debut as well, so it was it was nothing. Really. I, I, I probably made more of it to everyone else with the tickets I sell. Yeah. So yeah, again, realism comes into it, doesn't it? Really, if you think about like if you take a fight and you take it for quite pittance, essentially. And you know you've you've seen what Daniel Dubois like. He the guy's a monster, and, and and he's knocking everybody out. And there's a lot of people saying he's better at his stage of his career than AJ was. I, I don't I don't quite get it yet. I mean, let's see what it's like when he's tested. But I don't think AJ's been tested yet. If I'm all honest, do you? I think the the, the Klitschko fight definitely shown us that. Well, do you not think Tyson Fury schooled him two years earlier when he was a bit more active? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, he, he didn't get none of the credit at all for that. No, he didn't. And, and yet, Joshua was dragged into a dogfight with him two years after. If you look at the two fights, Tyson Fury's the man. I've said it a couple of times on the podcast. I've said, hands down, a fit Tyson Fury, an active Tyson Fury, beats Joshua. It beats them all. And well, the, yeah, I'd probably tend to agree with that as well because I, I, I can't see who else genuinely now in the heavyweight division could actually cause him a problem. I mean, AJ, AJ's got the power and all the rest of it, but I just think his boxing ability, his, his, his movement for a guy of his size is ridiculous. Yeah, his footwork's unbelievable. Ridiculous. I've, I've never seen anything like it. I won't fight him for 100 grand. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know that that fight might come up. <laughs> yeah. A big fight, anyway. Be uh, it'd be good. It'd be, it'd be good if you get one. You know. Um, but let's let's move on to what's coming up uh, in the future. Seventeenth of March is your next fight, isn't it? Yeah. Under Empire Promotions. And the first show of Empire Promotions, um, St Patrick's Day. So, and it's the only show on in, in St Patrick's Day. So, it should be a really really good show. Got myself on it, Chris Conwell. Got. Couple of lads making the debut. Siawef, um you got one of Frank, one of the brothers' fighters. I'm not sure. Better they Ben Caps, and you've just got one of Arnie's young lad on it as well. Jay James. Yeah, Jay James. He's Jay just James. Been on it. So right, all building. It's all coming along nicely now, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm in training now. I've been in training up about ten days now. So this will be the longest camp I've ever done since basic training. <laughs> Now, do you feel though, you know, going into it, you now do you do you feel motivated and, and and ready for it? Because obviously, this fight, 
this particular fight is against uh, your, the, the first loss of your career, which was um, Radek Varek. Which was a dubious loss. Very dubious. I thought I won it, to be fair. I was a lazy bastard in it, but I, thought, I still thought I won it. He didn't catch me with nothing. I caught him with a few. I just was... I didn't realise how good these pros could take shots, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought I'd walk in there, catch him and put him to bed. Because that's what I'd done before. God, I hit him, he just smiled. I thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a bit uh, a bit deflating. And, you know, the guy, you, you're hitting him with everything you've got. And you previously, you'd been knocking these guys out. You know, with all due respect, that you know, the guys that you were fighting previously wasn't as good a, as a pro. But, no. essentially, you're still fighting somebody you would think you'd be able to beat. I underestimated how serious these guys take it, if I'm honest. I didn't take it very serious. I was still living the life that I wanted to live. Going to city away days, enjoying myself on the coach. Do you think that? Do you think that had, a, had an effect then, maybe in the fight? Because you were saying before we went again, before we went on the podcast, you were saying, did, you know, I batted him from pillar to post. I felt like I batted him from pillar to post in that fight. Yeah, he got the decision over me. First two rounds, I smashed him. I just controlled it with my jab. I wobbled him a couple of times. I was just, I, I think, was a little bit inexperienced at that level to know when he was hurt. Because obviously these pros they hide it well when they're hurt. And it was a bit of, I didn't realise how well they did. I mean, when I watch it back now, I think, why didn't you put pressure on him then? But, if buts and maybes. But I've, I've got the chance in the story for March. This is it now. And obviously, you're, you're with Gary, uh, you're at another gym, and you've got the, you know, you, you, you seem like, for me personally, you seem like you've just kind of, you, you, you reinvigorated yourself in terms of, you, you, you're now dedicated fully to it because what you were saying there is you know I was living the life I was doing this and I was doing that but now you're dedicated to it and you, you're in the gym you've been in the gym for uh, nearly two weeks now and it's the longest training camp you've ever had well yeah I've got so, ten weeks of this yeah <laughs> John what I'm enjoying it and not that I've not enjoyed it before but I realise what it takes now rather than blowing out my ass in the second third round yeah I want, I want, I want to push on and I want to see what I can do so if you if you come through this one then and you get the victory, what do you feel would be the next realistic step for you? To get that guy back who knocked me out, he's the next one. Oh, you know what? It's funny because I was going to ask you that question. That was the next question. Hundred million percent. I was looking. I was looking obviously through the record. Uh, Zeko Zekov. You like, you, so, like, you like these fighters with these uh, so good rhyming names. Twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you like these fighters oh, with you watch similar that, names. If you watch that back. It was a punch that he never, ever, ever going to throw again. <laughs> it's sickening watching it. But we'll see. I'm gonna, I've want to. got this fight first. And then I'll come through this. And then I want to get a lot of a kid on it. And then we're starting from the beginning then. Yeah, yeah. So you're avenging essentially both of your losses and going back to the beginning. And then you're not just going back to the beginning. You're going back to the beginning and having the opportunity to rewrite your career as in... You're motivated, you're dedicated, you're ready to go. You know, you've got... Uh, realistically, how long do you think you've got left in the game? At your age? Being injury-free? Yeah. Um, to be fair, I've, we're being in the army from 16. I've, I've always been in jobs where you've had to be fit. I've let myself go a couple of years, but... I'm, I'm not an old slob. I've still, I've still got doing runs and I'm still doing the pace now. That I was a few years ago, so I think we'll see. 
we'll see what happens. <laughs> you say that with a smile as well. Yeah. People that are listening to it, he's just smiling while he's saying that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I personally think everything that you've said on the podcast, you know, makes me feel like you're going to go on the 17th of March under a, a, a newly founded promotional company um, ran partly by your trainer Gary Booth and manager Gary Booth and you've got an opportunity to sell a load of tickets uh, on, a, on a new show uh, it's the only one around the area isn't it at the yeah, moment it's, that's it's been, been doing announced all the show so it's probably going to do well in terms of ticket sales because it's the only boxing show on I think there is other events in the world in terms of boxing but yeah. I think the one you can go to and have a few beers on St. Patrick's yeah, Day yeah exactly exactly Manchester's got a lot of Irish contingent as well yeah that's it so it's a good it's a good excuse for a good old piss up isn't it basically not for me not for you but for, yeah. for the guys that are coming and buying the tickets off you and Gary coming to the shows <laughs> but I'm enjoying it with Gary I really really am he's giving me like a new lease of life of it he's just working on technic, technic stuff all the time obviously getting thrashed as well like today thrashed is today <laughs> But, yeah, I was going to see how it goes, but I'm not making any promises saying I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm not. I'm just going to enjoy myself and then see where we go from there. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely interested to see what happens because um, I think you're a character and I think boxing needs characters and at the moment we don't have a lot of them. And and people like Tyson Fury making his comeback is, is what's people getting people excited, but when you've got the Northwest scene, there's not a major amount of, of, of characters well there probably is but they don't always show it yeah and because they don't always show it you don't always get to see that side of them I think, I think some people try and put this professional face on rather than being themselves I think I think you, 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 a lot of people prefer people to be themselves because they don't have to guess who you are then yeah I, I personally prefer the honesty out of people, you know, as a, as a long-time fan and now um, obviously running the media out. Like I, I prefer to see the real side of people and I think when people listen to that podcast like these and they think, well, well actually, yeah, I've heard a different side of this guy, you know. Yeah. To, to And it's, it's happened on the podcast before, actually. I've done a few of them before with different people and, and obviously the guys that have been coming on and the, the feedback that you get from that is the fact that, oh, I never knew this or... Uh, you know, he sounds like a completely different person from what you get in interviews. Because obviously, when you when you do the interviews, like I do, you you're only asking really specific questions about either the pre-fight stuff or the post-fight stuff. Yeah. So it's always the same stuff. I think really. Title's a good word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're not really being able to get to find out like what well, you know, where did you come from? You know, like you've told us today, you in the Grenadiers, you box ABA, um, the unlicensed scene, and people thought you were just from the white collar unlicensed scene, and now they know you're not. So it's um, it's not, good. Not, not there's anything wrong with that. No, no, a, at all. A, a lot, a lot of top fighters come from that. That you look down. I mean, Nick Platwell did he come from the unlicensed scene? You believe he did. Um, Frank Warren started out on the unlicensed scene before he became the promoter he is today. Yeah. So, there's a, there's a, I was not. Don't get me wrong. Look, it's no comparison to the pro. I mean, in medical terms or in safety for boxers or anything yeah. and I can't say go and do it because it would me in a little bit of trouble <laughs> no you can't you can't say that because you've got a professional licence yeah and obviously listen if, you, if, if you're going to do it I'd, I'd recommend anyone going to the local ABA gym and getting trained properly me I really would that, that for me that is the best way forward and then I mean, down the road if you, you can do whatever you want then 
Do you know what I mean? But if you're going to learn how to do the sport, go to a gym and learn ABA and get carded up with a, with a trainer that's been there and done it. That's the logical steps to take to become a professional, though, isn't it? So, for anybody, obviously. So, but the thing is, though, it's like it's hard because some people do come from the white collar scene, and I appreciate, <clears throat> I appreciate that they, you know they work just as hard, but yet they have a, they have a different route to take. Um, but you, obviously, you had the ABA experience behind you. Um, I was I was a middleweight and a light heavyweight though. I, I wasn't like this. <laughs> what, what what are you like now? Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I was I was a middleweight when I first started, and then I went up to light ever, and then I started smashed the weights. Then after eight years, and then and suddenly then the Chinese is a killer for me. <laughs> is that the um, is that definitely the favourite meal? It's my kryptonite. <laughs> I have to order about thirty quid's worth of stuff. What is it though? What is, what is it you actually have? Do you really want to know? Yeah, yeah, go for it. What this is uh, this is Lee Carter's um, food binge. So when he's finished, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. when I finish, guys. <laughs> in, ten, in, ten, in ten weeks' time, when this is all said and done, you know, and he comes away, what is it you're going to go and get? I'm going to get salt and pepper chips, and I'm going to get salt and pepper shredded chicken, <laughs> fried rice, roast pork Chinese style, no veg. You know, is, this, is this just for starters? No, mate. This is mate. You pour this on a plate, mate. Weighs a ton. <laughs> And then crispy seaweed. It's not seaweed; it's fried cabbage, but <laughs> sounds posh. And then, if you if you order that, it comes over a certain total of twenty five quid. So you get free salt and pepper chicken wings with it. <laughs> swill that down with a couple of cans of coke. That's me. That's done. That and that food is coma. Yeah, absolute food coma. That absolute food coma. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> Was this the type of stuff you was having for your, uh, before you had your professional debut? <laughs> <coughs> I didn't realise how fit you had to be. That's the truth. I thought I'd go and knock him out and I didn't realise what level my fitness was at and how fit you had to be, if I'm honest. And then people probably think, well, why didn't you do it in the second one? I had a lot of personal problems going on in that second fight. Yeah, yeah, understandably so. It's, it's, it's a difficult difficult situation when everybody's got some sort of personal problem going on when it relates to yourself or your family and uh, it does have a massive impact on, on mentality and we've seen it we've seen it quite recently I think the uh, the best example I've seen recently is Luke Campbell when he lost his dad yeah. and he still went into that Linares fight and, and gave Linares um, give him a tough night he gave him a very tough night and you know what some people actually thought he won that fight so for me, you know, he's, he's shown some absolute bollocks doing what he did that night and going in because I said nine out nine out of ten people would probably would have just said no, I can't, I can't do that. I need to, I need to spend time with you know, my family and stuff. But fair play to him. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, obviously he had some problems going on at the time, and um, it does affect your mentality. People might just say, oh well, you know, it's just for those that don't know, my little girl was born ten weeks premature. She was in intensive care. That was four, no, six weeks before the fight, and she was in for ten weeks. So it was. I got, I got told, I got, well, I got given advice not to fight. Right. And because I'd sold all the tickets, I didn't want to let people down. Yeah. And looking back in hindsight, I shouldn't have fought. And John Murray said to me, "No, fuck, not to fight." Yeah. And I should have listened to someone who's got massive experience like John has. I should have listened to that, and I didn't. But that's another inexperience that I've learned from. But everything's woven well now. She's upstairs, 
banging all over the ceilings if you can hear it. Yeah, I might pick it up on the uh, on the sound of the microphones that we're doing the podcast. Well, you didn't have to share that information, um, but I respect you for doing it because the thing is, uh, what I was trying to allude to just before you mentioned that was the fact that you know people could people could say, oh well. You know, Everyone they, says they've got personal. Problems. Yeah, I mean, pe- people genuinely will will try and cover it up for the fact that they just had a shit training camp, or um, it was a poor performance, or if you want to be, you know, even better, go one better and do a David Haynes, stick your toe out in the middle of the ring. You could always do that I as know, well. I, I still believe this day for as fit as anything that punch caught me. Anyway, they knocked me out. I do. It was a wilder, <laughs> and it was lucky though. He clo- put his head down, closed his eyes, just threw it over and right. If you watch it. But to tell you what, I don't half connect. Feel <laughs> <laughs> like Ian Beale, wasn't <laughs> What? What? Well, let's let's go back to that. Let's because um, I've never actually had that experience. What? What was the first thing you remember after that happened? Do you know what? I swear, I've been in a boxing ring over fifty times. Me, I've never been wobbled proper, and, and then to get dropped like that. I don't. I, I don't. I remember stepping left, and then waking up and looking at the referee. <laughs> I don't remember a thing and then I thought to myself don't sit on the stool and don't get oxygen that's what I said to myself yeah, yeah. don't look a bitch because all your mates are there so I walked out of the ring I thought yes Lisa didn't sit on the stool when I got home and watched it again and sat on it for three minutes sucking air like a bitch <laughs> but you know what on a serious note though it's, 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 you can't think like that because you know, no, that's made, that's made me switch on that. It made me realise how dangerous this is. But pride obviously takes takes precedence. Any man, you know, any of us would sit there and say pride takes over. And you think, I don't want to look like that in front of my mates. But if you think about, like, the fact that there's been so many incidents over the years, especially, like, um, well-documented ones. Obviously, like, Kieran Farrell, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with Kieran. Um, and he is a sound lad, but then... You know, he, he 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 had that incident with Crawler, and it changed his life, and he's turned his life around. But you know, he was fortunate to to come out of it the other side. But yeah. not people are not so fortunate. And let's not forget, Kieran works hard. So everything he's got, he's that's through hard work. That he I've been through fortunate work. Kieran's invited me to a couple of shows, and he doesn't stop all night, running around like non-stop. He does. He, he does. Works hard. So fair play to him. I wish him all the best. <laughs> Yeah, no, he does. He does work really hard with his back on his back. Can't mention yeah. that because I always see him running around the shows with his back on his back. His JD back. Yep. <laughs> Fair play to him. Um, but no, no, it's good, and I mean, it's a great, it's it's great that you've you've been able to share the stories with us because obviously not everybody knew. Uh, you mates, obviously, you mates know about it. So you mates when they listen to the podcast, go, yeah, I already know this stuff. But you know, yeah. it's it's nice for people that don't already know you or know of you or, or might have seen some of you, and um, they're getting the opportunity to to listen to the podcast and hear a different side and a different story and and the reasons why you've moved gyms and and you know the the justification for the fights and and the plans and it's it's, it's really enjoyable to sort of find that information out because you don't always find this information out on social media because people use social media obviously sometimes as a tool to kind of hide these situations as as you know but when when I I left John's to start with I went to champs camp with Dan Murray that's the first place I went but it wasn't practical going there and back every day it was with work as well but if you look now and look who's in my corner now Gary Booth and Dan Murray helps Gary's my trainer Dan Murray gives us an hand in the corner because I get on with Dan Murray really well and I think he's knowledgeable, and obviously Gary Boosman, the, the, the main man, like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. What does he do full time? I work on the railway. Right. Okay, so that's interesting. Hashtag Carillion. 
Oh, God, yeah. It's, again, we were talking about that just before the podcast went online. Um, obviously, for people listening to it now, Carillion has gone bust. And um, obviously, you were telling me before, it's um, not fantastic. I'm subcontracted to him, so that's ended. Does, does, does that now give you the inspiration maybe to try and make something bigger out of your boxing career? No, because I'm, I'm motivated anyway now for this. I genuinely, genuinely am. But work's work. Work's what puts the food on the table for these Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. So that'll always come first, no matter what. Um, some tell us some stories from the gym. Obviously, I know there's loads, and I don't I don't see them all. But I know there's some that you probably not let let loose. Um, tell us what what's been going on down at Gary Boo's gym because it looks like a bit of a a bit of a fun time whilst a hard work. Oh, I can't really go into detail, on. <laughs> but it is a laugh in there. But we work hard. We know when we know Gary. Gary's got two voices. He has his banter voice and. Get grafting voice. So he's like, basically, it's like, like your dad. He's got split personality, Gary Booth. He'll have a joke one minute and then kick your ass the next, you're not working hard enough. <laughs> That's what you want out of your trainer, though, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. suppose. Someone called him John Luke Picard the other day. He's going mad about it. John Luke Picard. He's going to kill me after I've said that. You know what? It could have been worse, Gary. You could have been referred to as Richard O'Brien of the Crystal Maze, you know. Who, who's that guy? I, I'm too sexy. Right, said Fred? Yeah. I'm not saying it looks like him, I'm just saying it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to absolutely um, come back on here. I'll a bar back tomorrow. <laughs> well, fortunately for you, doing the podcast on uh, the Tuesday, it's not going out till Thursday, so you're all right. You get away with it for a couple of days until they listen I'll, I'll to just it. Tell him, yeah, guys, I spoke mint about you. <laughs> so, so I didn't mention anything about John Luke Picard, Star Trek. Right, said Fred. <laughs> Richard O'Brien, don't forget Richard O'Brien. I didn't say that one, by the way. <laughs> no, I said that. I, you can um, kick my ass for that, Gary. You can remove your liver for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's good fun. It's no, it's uh, it's been really great. Good to have you on, and um, uh, it's been interesting. And you're a lot. I've got to admit, you're a lot more tamer than you usually are. Is it because you're tired? I'm knackered. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to go to bed. I've been up since five this morning, and I've been running everywhere. And then obviously Gary Boos just absolutely destroyed me. I don't know what I do. Have a little kip. And then play some Call of Duty tonight. If Absolutely. You're, you're on the game. Absolutely. I'm going to be on if I can get on tonight. Um, no, that's good. Uh, so, is there anything, you know, uh, well, actually, I'll stop right there and say um, I always do this with all my interviews and the podcast. And it's something you mentioned earlier, and it's just popped in my head now. You said you've done quite well for sponsorships for this particular fight, and I think you should use the opportunity uh, whilst on the podcast to give them a shout out if you can remember every one of them. Here we go. Now, this is going to be, I want to thank. Pete Alsop. Um he he helps he, he basically runs my sponsorship team. He, okay. he, he he gets all the sponsors in for me. Right. Um obviously with Gara. So I want to thank them and Louise as well. But they go out obviously speak to a lot of security companies, ex army companies, and they're on board. So I've got Comantro from Ghana, they're sponsoring me. I've got um ASS scaffolding. I've got Bridgewater Security. There's loads. So, I'm trying to think that I can get <laughs> you, you should have known this was coming from me, this. Um, I'm going through my phone quick now. 
<laughs> no, it's uh, no. Well, well, you're obviously looking for that. It's good because obviously, you know, you, you said to me before the fact that you know the sponsorships are always a great deal. Um, and speaking of sponsorships, uh, I've got to take a quick minute while Lee's looking for all of his sponsorships on the phone to mention uh, the. Uh, sponsors of the original uh, podcast, which is Cheer Protein Bar on Drury Lane in Chadderton, uh, Denver. He cooks some fantastic, lovely food down there. Uh, I'm definitely a lot healthier than what Lee eats uh, on his food binges. Um, you yeah. can go over there. They've got, they've got a great January offer on at the moment. Uh, so if you head over there, it's uh, Cheer Protein Bar down on Drury Lane in Chadderton. Uh, Lee, have you found your, um, you I'm found your sponsors? There. I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's NJ Baker. Plan Engineering Limited, so I want to thank them as well. Um, I've also got a few more here. I've been put on the spot. That's what it is. Sorry, mate. I, you know, I thought I, I thought you would have um, remember. You know what I'm like. I, I, I like to help people uh, with the sponsorships. Yeah, and Vanilla Enterprise. Um, what give me mates new club a shout as well. The min um, mate Ian's just got a new club. That's where my after party's going to be held. Obviously. Okay. So. Big after party there. Uh, do people have to have tickets to go to the after party, or how to get a to ticket work? off me for the fight, free entry to the after party. So, and no doubt I'll buy them all a drink there as well. Where, where's that based? It's in Ashton. So, Ashton Town Centre. Want to get the tram from Earlham to Ashton? Have a late night. All going well. Obviously, yeah, well. I can't drink for twenty four hours after the fight because that's the rules for the boxing board so I'll be on water but I'm sure I'll buy everyone else a bit <laughs> I bet that's going to be a difficult one for you that isn't it no, um, right. you know you know, one thing actually that we've not actually covered off in this podcast and you might be able to tell me a little bit about it is um, is, is Empire Boxing Promotions now obviously I'm going to go and see Gary uh, soon and, and get yeah. the full story from Gary and um, uh, is, he, is Steve Foster running it with him is it a joint no, is it a joint thing or called Jay right okay who's Gonna turn over to try and find the show himself. He's a, he's a good lad. To be fair, he's a really good lad. So, uh, why wh- 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 why did he you know why did he make that decision to start it out? I'm sure you can probably well, give a bit of an insight. He's really close friends with Gary. Some might say too close. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, when you walk in the office, all, they sit there with their chairs facing each other and they just look into each other's eyes. And yeah, I think, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> More joking, by the way. <laughs> no, they're, they're good friends, and I think they've been planning this for a while. So they approached me, and I spoke to them, and I, I'm more than happy because I, I really believe that they're going to put their heart and soul into it, which means it's going to be a good thing. Yeah. Obviously, you've got Chris as well, on it, Chris Conwell. Uh, this is his first fight back since I lost his Alpha Barrett, so obviously he's going to be looking to get back to winning ways. And hopefully, we'll get Chris on in a couple of weeks as well, but, uh, in the lead up to his fight, and have a chat with Chris about that fight with Alpha. Um, but yeah, Chris is on it, and you've got a couple of the other uh, local guys that are coming on to it, a couple of them that are making the debut. Um, well, I, sp- I spoke to Gary and Jay, and I said, Look, come I, I, I was on approach him. I said, Can we can get Chris Connell on? And obviously, they've sorted it out, and I asked Chris, and he's happy to come on it. And I'm buzzing because I think he's a top fire, Chris Connell. I really do. Well, you were training with him at one point, weren't you, when you was down at John Murray's game? For years, he's probably one of the nicest, genuine lads in boxing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on this. I'd, I'd tell it to his face as well. He's a genuine and nice lad. Um, and congratulations on the birth of your son. Yeah, congratulations, Chris. So uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to also say uh, not so much congratulations on the mumps that you got. That made you look like the elephant man either. 
he looks terrible, doesn't he? <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Uh, no, Chris, honestly, mate, you know, when you do get the chance to come on and um, we'll have a chat about that as well. Um, but Lee, really, um, is, is there any last words for you, you know, about your upcoming fight? Where can people get in contact with you for tickets, etc.? Facebook, Twitter. Um, that's about, don't go on my Instagram. My Instagram has nothing to do with boxing. It's just a memory central. Uh, it is definitely a memory central. Yeah, I can test them. I can test them into that. Uh, but yeah, if you get in contact with me on Facebook, add me on that or Twitter. Um, I'll be happy to come and drop some tickets off. But I've not got that many, so. So that's a good sign. Then you're doing well, aren't you? <laughs> for this one. Yeah, I've only been given, I've only got like 150, and I'll probably go them. If I'm honest, that's good. Well, that's what you want. That's exactly what you want. Yeah, yeah. I've got the, all, all the army lads coming up. Um, the ones who followed me from day one. The, the, these lads have been coming with me since the unlicensed fights. Right. Not just since I've been pro. Yeah. So I can't find them enough without them. None of this had happened. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'll uh, I'll wrap it up. We're just around uh, about the forty-five minute mark. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody again for listening and downloading the podcast over the past few weeks. You've had the two thousand and seventeen review of the year, the two thousand and eighteen preview podcast, and we had the one last week, which was Snowflake Promotions. Uh, we've obviously got Leon today, so if you enjoy it, please leave us some feedback um, for the for the guys that you know that listen to it and already know Lee. Uh, d- you know, don't be afraid of giving him some abuse about this podcast. It makes for great entertainment. Call me chippy tits. <laughs> um, and obviously for myself, uh, again, thank you to everybody. You know, so far that's uh, continuing to follow each sleep boxing repeat. Uh, when I first met Lee, I think I must have had about 300, 400 people following it across all of social media. Now we've got seven, just over 7,000 people. Um, and I can sort of pretty much say that there's a sponsorship deal coming my way very shortly which I can announce on the next podcast uh, and you'll probably see it across social media as well so that's just testament to, to how far myself uh, and, and obviously the guys that help me out for each sleep boxing repeat um, obviously you can find us uh, for Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast it's uh, BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook. Uh, obviously, the main platforms are Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, please leave us some feedback. Uh, you know, give it a review. Make sure you give it five stars, though. Definitely, definitely give it five stars. Uh, in the next few weeks, uh, in terms of guests, I, I am in contact with uh, Anthony Crawler, uh, Masha Dodd. He's just had his fight announced as we speak to uh, fight Tommy Coyle, which is going to be a cracking fight. So I'm really looking forward to getting Masha on. I'm sure he's got a story to tell as well. Um, but that's about it from me. Thank you very much for Lee for, for letting me come round and do the podcast with you today. Yeah, thanks very much, Sean. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.